Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Hey, I want to preach to you now and I want to talk to you about faith that draws power from God. Faith that draws power from God. Hey, you know when you, when you look at your life and you think about the challenges or the problems in your life, often you know the solution. Often you know the solution. So, you know, if you're saying, man, I'm not physically feeling my best. I'm not feeling as good as I used to. You know, I just need to change my diet and I need to exercise more. So your issue isn't that you don't know what to do. Your issue is power to do it, hey? You know, or if someone has in their mind, my marriage is feeling distant, we're not feeling as close as we were, you know the solution. We need to spend some more time, we need to reprioritize, we need some date nights, we need to, we need to spend more time speaking and connecting. You often know the answer, the issue is the power or the follow through to do that, you know. If someone's got an addiction, you know, you speak to anyone with addiction, you tell them what do you need to do, they need to, I need to stop the addiction. <laughs> they know straight away what it is, yet they do not have the power to do that. And so what I want to talk to you about is faith that releases the power to do with the, you know what you need to do, you know the action you need to take, but you don't have the capacity to take it. Or how about the kind of faith that actually brings something to you that you have no capacity to do? How about things that are completely beyond you, like if you're sick, the power to heal you, you know, the supernatural power of God to heal you. You know, what about accessing that? What, what kind of faith is it that accesses that? And so I want to kind of unpack that. And, and in the Bible, all the way through, are stories of people who really push through into this place of faith that draws power. Do you know what I mean? So there's a whole lot of people that do this. And all throughout the Gospels, which the Gospels are the stories that are about Jesus in the Bible or the, or the books that describe Jesus' life. So Matthew, Mark, Luke and John are called the Gospels. And in them, all these stories of people who really push through into a place of faith. And one example is there's this guy called uh, Zacchaeus, and he climbs a tree. Jesus is in a crowd, and he can't get to Jesus. He can't see over the crowd, so he climbs a tree and shouts out. You know, Jesus sees him, comes to his house, and he says to him, salvation has come to your house this very day. And power is released into Zacchaeus' life and into his family's life because he pushes through. Like, literally, he literally climbs a tree to get over the crowd. You know, There's another story of some friends who have a friend who's paralyzed, who can't walk, and they can't get to Jesus. And so what they do is they climb up on the house that Jesus is in. They break a hole in the roof. They lower their friend down, and their friend is healed. So they push through. They, their faith somehow pushes into a place that draws the power out of God or draws the power out of Jesus. And so there's lots of examples of this, but probably the most courageous of all the examples is, is a story of a woman who appears in the Gospels of Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and whose name we don't even know. This thing, we don't even know her name, right? She's just referred to as the woman with the issue of bleeding, or the woman with the issue of blood. And this, I would say, is probably the most courageous person that I can find who pushes through into that place of incredible faith against all odds, against all circumstances, pushes through and receives her healing and receives her breakthrough. I'm going to read from Mark 5, 21 to 34. It says this. 
When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was still by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, and he pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. There's two people that are encountering Jesus at this point, and they're two very different people. Jairus is a synagogue ruler, and he has a daughter who is dying, and he's asking Jesus to come and pray for her. And the other is this woman who comes with this issue of bleeding. You couldn't get two more different people. You couldn't get a more contrast of people here. He, she's a woman, he's a man. That meant a lot in that culture, you know? He's rich, she's poor. He's socially powerful, she is powerless. Jairus was religiously prominent, right? So that means at the synagogue, he chose who preached, you know, who sung and what songs they sung and what scriptures were read and who read them. And she was not even allowed to worship in the temple. So, so get this. So he's, he's running what's happening in the temple. She can't even enter the temple because she's classed as ceremonially unclean. Jesus is for the nameless and for the famous. Jesus is for people regardless of their gender identity, right? He's for people regardless of their political persuasion, right? He's, he's for people regardless of their economic status, right? He's for all people, all people. And that is, he's telling that is here. It's saying, hey, he's for this person who is rich and influential. He's for absolutely for them. And for this lady who to society is seen as low and is, is you know, worthless in the society really that she's in, Jesus says she's of a massive value and of equal value to me. And so Jesus is for all people. He wants to move in all people's lives. And it's important you hear this because you can think that, ah, oh, that faith that breaks through, that's for the special people. That's for the spiritually elite people or the somehow more spiritually mature than me. You know, I'm not really that kind of person. I'm not, I'm not that super faith kind of person. No, no, no. That's not, that's not what this is talking about. It's for all people. It's for all people. It doesn't matter if you're a leader in the church or you're Joe Bloggs, right? Basically, God wants to move in your life, in your circumstance. He's for you. Friend, he's for you. And he wants to release power into your life. Faith that brings power, that brings breakthrough into your circumstance. Whatever afflicts you today, there's power to break that. There's power in God to break that. Do you believe it? There's power in God to break it. But you might have to fight a crowd to get your miracle. You might have to fight a crowd to get your miracle. 
The woman did not give up in pursuing Jesus for her miracle. She's, she's an overcomer. This girl is an overcomer, right? She cannot touch a person without making them unclean, yet she pushes through a large crowd, right? So what's she saying? Hey, I want God. I know God's for me. I'm pushing past stereotypes. I'm pushing past cultural barriers, right? I'm not going to let get on me things that other people are trying to put on me because I'm pushing into God now. I'm going to get something from God that I know is from him. She, she chased doctors. Now she's chasing God. You know, this woman is an overcomer. She is pushing through. She is fighting through. And you might need to fight a crowd to get your miracle. You know, each morning I, before I leave the house, I pray and I read something from the Word of God. And the reason I do that is because my day goes infinitely better when I do. Infinitely better, right? I stay clean from drugs and alcohol a day at a time because I do do that, right? I, I, I deal with conflict more healthily when I do that, right? I have less fear and anxiety when I do that, right? I make better choices. I can sense God's direction in decisions much more easily, And I have a better intuition in how to help others or navigate things with others. So every area of my life, and also often I find favor just seems to follow me. So when I put God first and I push through and spend time with him, favor seems to follow me. But you know what? I so often have to push through a crowd to make that happen. You know, I have to push through a crowd. You know, I have to push through the crowd of tiredness. You know, when you, you've had that late night, you know, you've, your kids have kept you up or you've been working on that work project. So you've stayed up late and so you put the alarm just a little bit later or you hit that snooze just one time more and it starts to eat into that time that you've set aside to pray and to read something from the Bible, you know, or, or, or early morning meetings. You know, regularly what will happen is early morning meetings will come up, you know, it'll be a board meeting or this meeting or that meeting. Early morning is out of the regular schedule, you know, I've got to think, okay, I've got to make sure now I really navigate this to fight for that time with God. I need to make a decision. I've made, made myself accountable to someone recently. I said, I will not leave the house without doing it, even if I'm late. Because it's better for me to be late and come with God than me turn up on time without him. You, you know what I'm saying? So, 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 so I've got to fight for it. It doesn't come easy. Even after now, you know, years, 22 years walking with God, it's no easier now than it was when I started. I still have to fight for it. Still have to push through a crowd. You know, you, I'll get up in the morning. I'll get up early. I think, oh, the house is quiet. Awesome. I literally put the kettle on, make that cup of coffee. I sit down over the bar. I think, oh, this is beautiful. And suddenly the door goes, Hi, Dad. In comes it. Oh, hi, Elodie. Can I spend time with you? With Yeah, sure. You know, and now it's like it's half time of God, half a teaching session. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, yeah, it's, you know, we've got to, we've got to just, you know, or, or how about this? So often, you know, I will go to spend time, my mind starts racing with a to-do list. And you've got to push through a crowd to break into something in God. You've got to push through a crowd, you know, and often, you know, we, we will say to people who are unwell, who are sick at church and they come forward for prayer, we often will say, or nearly always we will say as pastors, hey, keep coming for prayer. Keep coming for prayer. What are we saying? Hey, we may pray once and you may be supernaturally healed. The other night we had our prayer gathering after Friday night church and uh, someone came forward for prayer for a back condition. They were instantly healed. He said to me, oh, I'm instantly healed. I, I felt it. Oh, he was over the moon. And that happens. But sometimes it doesn't happen in the first prayer. It happens on the 10th prayer or the 20th prayer, or the 30th prayer, or the 100th prayer, you know? So what we said to people is, no, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Because sometimes you've got to push into, to push through to get the breakthrough. And so I want to encourage you, sometimes you're going to need to fight through a crowd. You're going to need to keep on persevering, just like this girl, and push through a crowd. 
you know, there's a, there's a self-talk that draws faith from God. There's a self-talk that draws faith from God. There's this author that I've recently been reading, and um, she's so, um, such a provocation to me. And her name is Dr. Edith Eager, and she's a psychologist, um, and she's also a survivor of Auschwitz. And she wrote her first book at 90, right, which was a bestseller, her second book at 92, and she's still going strong, right? And, and, and she has much to share. You know, when I read her books, it's like, wow. And she talks about that when she survived Auschwitz, that she did it by saying to herself each day, if I survive today, then tomorrow I will be free. If I survive today, so she had like this mantra or she had this declaration or if you like, she had a prayer right? that she repeatedly repeated which said, if I survive today, then tomorrow I'll be free. If I survive today, then tomorrow I'll be free. And she endured immense hardship. So she was beaten to the point where her back was broken. She had to do, she was on a death march where basically, you know, they marched you till you died with a broken back and she survived that. And it's interesting because she had a friend who she said, her friend said, her friend's declaration was, we'll be liberated by Christmas. We'll be liberated by Christmas. We'll be liberated by Christmas. And they weren't liberated and on Boxing Day she died. Then on the 27th of January, they were liberated. But this woman is talking about that her mantra was, you know, if I survive today, tomorrow I'll be free. She kept, kept keeping it in the day. She kept keeping it in the moment. If I survive today, tomorrow I'll be free. And she had this self-talk that she says literally carried her through, or this prayer. Because here's what I want to say to you. What's the difference between the thought that comes in your mouth, oh, sorry, in your mind, and the prayer that comes out of your mouth? What's the difference? Really, if, is it not all a declaration to God? Like, and does God and does God only hear, when you say God, I pray? Does He hear that, but He doesn't hear it when you think it or when you speak it in the rest of your life? Does He only is communication with God just the thing that when we say it's prayer, it's communication to God, or is actually everything we say communication to God? And so I want to encourage you. What's your self-talk saying? And this woman had an incredible self-talk going on. An or an incredible prayer of declaration that she repeated many times, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. If I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. If I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. You, you need to, I need to have in our lives declarations like that. We need to have declarations that we say, that we declare into circumstances because they have the power, the words that you say internally and externally have the power to propel or paralyze, propel you or paralyze you. And, and uh, you know, you think about with this woman, she's saying, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. If I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. But I guarantee you there was another voice that was saying to her, you're unclean and you're in public. It's an offense to God. You're selfish. You're touching others. You're making them unclean. This won't work anyway. You gave all your money to the doctors. That didn't work. What makes you think Jesus is going to work? The crowd's too large. Look, you could probably get near him more easily another day. Why don't you just come back? I guarantee there would have been, which there, is with all, there would have been all kinds of other voices right, that were coming in. But how did she push them away and tune into faith? 
She had a declaration she kept on repeating. If only I could touch the edge of his clothes. If only I could touch the edge of his clothes. If only I could touch the edge of his clothes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want to encourage you, what do you meditate on? What do you think about repeatedly? Because it's that thing that's going to be producing in your life. You know, and I heard this guy, I love this, there's a guy who I know is on a recovery journey and uh, he often will share in a meeting, you know, a recovery meeting and he will start by introducing his name and then he says, I am a good and worthwhile human being worthy of recovery. Right, and then he shares. And the reason he does that is because he's had a massive issue where he's battled toxic shame. You know, where shame's come on him from stuff he's done and from stuff that's happened to him. And so it's always besetting him. That, that enemy's voice to him is always that toxic shame, right? It's trying to pull him back. So he makes that declaration before each time she shares. He kind of sets the ground, you know. I, I love that. I love that. You know, one of my declarations is that when thoughts come to me that I know are trying to attack me or pull me down or pull me back, the, the declaration I say is, God, I'm surrendering that to you. God, I'm surrendering. And I say that multiple times every day. So as thoughts come in, I go, God, I'm surrendering that to you. God, I'm surrendering that to you. You know, every time before I preach, thoughts will start to come. You know, God, I'm surrendering that to you. God, I'm surrendering that to you. Another thing, another declaration I have is every time before I speak, I say, I'm anointed by God. I'm called by God. I'm anointed by God. I'm called by God. You know, and I declare that over myself against the voices that will come in saying other things, like you're not as good as that person, or didn't they speak well last week, or whatever it comes up with, you know. Hear what I'm saying? You need a line. We need a line of meditation or prayer. You know, after uh, Leah had our first daughter, Eva, she had um, internal injuries as a result of that birth process, right? And so for three years, she had pain. And she talks about how the first year or two that she just used to say repeatedly the same statement, which is, Jesus, help me now. Jesus, help me now. Jesus, help me. So all through the day when she needed to get up and care for Eva, she was in discomfort. Jesus, help me now. Jesus, help me. And then she said, at some point, it changed to, Jesus, thank you. You are helping me. Jesus, thank you. I love that. Jesus, you know, she's, she's moved now from help me now, you know, that's the best she could do, to, hey, thank you, you're helping me. And she said about a year after that, it, she got healed, broke off. You know, it was a, it was a journey. And uh, so I want to encourage you to think about what you're thinking about. Think about, because I guarantee you, you're meditating on something. You may well be unconscious. So for me, for a long, long time, I was meditating all the time, but unconsciously. I'm not good enough. I should be doing this. I should have said that. Why did I say this? Come out of the meeting, start analysing it to death. Oh, I should have said that. Should oh, all the time I was meditating on stuff. Worry, anxiety, fear, all kinds of stuff. Not of God. And I need to make a decision to, to, to change my self-talk. And I want to encourage you too, you know, I think we can, we can shoot down our own prayers. So what I mean by that is, you know, you come in church, you make this big prayer of declaration, you know. God, I believe for my healing. I believe for my breakthrough. God, I give this to you. And you mean it, right? And you mean it with all sincerity. Then you go into your week and then you start moaning and complaining, you know, about, about how you're feeling and what's happening and that you haven't had a change yet. Then you start thinking about how lots of other people in church are getting a breakthrough. It just seems to be me that isn't, you know. And so what happens is, you know, that prayer releases a balloon up and then our thoughts and our words through the week shoot the balloon down. You know, so literally, we, we launch a great prayer balloon of faith, you know, that goes up and then we fire arrows at it all week. 
you know, and then we come back, you know, the next week or, you know, maybe it's next time we pray again, right? We lose another huge balloon of faith and all week we shoot the thing down. And so we need to think it because I think we think, well, that's a prayer, but that's not a prayer. Really? You know, really? Isn't everything that comes out of your mouth? Doesn't the Bible talk about all the time praying without ceasing? How do you pray without ceasing? It means everything you say lines up with God. This is challenging people. I'm not there, but be encouraged, you know. But you hear what I'm saying? So when it says pray without ceasing, it doesn't mean you literally pray nonstop. It means that everything you say lines up with how you pray. Everything you think lines up with how you pray. And things that come in that don't, you you resist those. You cast those things out. That's what it's talking about. And that's what this woman had to do to get the miracle. I reckon that's the bigger crowd. That's the bigger crowd. The physical crowd's one thing. The physical opposition of needing to get through people and break through cultural barriers and all those other things, I think, are smaller obstacles to overcome than your own mind. And to break through your own thinking and declare something that's contrary to other voices that are coming into your mind. Come on. Come on. This woman's faith drew power from Jesus. It says this, at once Jesus realised that power had gone out from him. And he turned around the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? And the disciples responded, you see the people crowding against you? And yet you ask, who touched me? It's a strange thing to say, isn't it? So you're, you're in a massive crowd of bustling crowd. People are touching you all over the place. And Jesus says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, what's he talking about? It's crazy. It's like surrounded by, like everyone's touching you. you know? It's like, who isn't touching you? you know? It's like we're all touching each other. This is like, this is a big bustling crowd. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. What, what this is saying is that Jesus has an excess of power, an excess of power, and that humanity has the capacity to draw it out of him. You know, it's, it's, like, it's almost like against his will, hey? Because, you know, well, he's not cognitive of the... You know, he knows something's happened, but he, he's explained that there's this power that's just waiting to be accessed. The, 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 the goodness of God is so good towards you and I that he wants to extend grace and power, right? So he doesn't, you don't need to ask him, right? He doesn't need to consider it. It's just what he is. And so when you tap, touch him, you just get it. So this woman touches him, bang, and then he's like, oh, what's happened? <laughs> This is a, you've got to get a hold of this. So there's unlimited power that is completely accessible to you, right? And you can just draw it. And so I'm saying, God, would you? God, would you? And he's saying, no, would you? Would you? Would you? Turns out the problem's with me, not God, funnily enough. God, why are you not healing me? God, why am I not getting the breakthrough? Why has this not happened? Turns out the problem's not with God. Turns out the problem's with me. Now, let, hear me very clearly on this. I don't, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying that if you're navigating something that isn't changing, or you're navigating an illness that doesn't get healed, that you're somehow out of faith. Because sometimes the greatest faith is to navigate through, to actually endure with, right? So not everything God takes away. Not everything. Many, many things He will. But there is in that faith for it, grace for it. So I've seen people, I saw two ladies, I'll never forget this. It changed my life. Two ladies in my early ministry in a church I was in the UK, and both of them had terminal cancer. And, and both of them were prayed for, declared, believed, you know, did everything right, you know. 
and, and, and both were told, you're going to die. You know, they, they, they got, and, and, and one of them came to a place where she said, I know it's my time and there's grace. I've got grace for this, you know. And she was a new believer. And, and her family were impacted and touched. And we, we played scriptures. She had, we recorded these scriptures on, on a cassette. This is back in the day. And she would play it next to her bed. And her family came in. Her family were crying. They were touched. God was moving. It was, it was beautiful. And she was, she, her testimony was, thank God He saved me. Right? You know, that I'm going into eternity with God. It was this, it was this glorious transition. There was another lady in my church who, who held, held to a certain... Christian teaching and tradition that is by your word you will be healed. You know, that basically it's you've got to do this, you've got to declare this. And she declared, declared, and declared, and declared, and she died. And her family were not touched or impacted for positive in any way. They were actually angry and, and hostile towards the church. And it, it wasn't a good exiting. And so I'm what I'm saying here is that God is available in everything, for everything. Some things He will take and some things He won't. But what He will do is give you the grace and capacity to bring glory to Him even through that, to lead other people to Him even through that. And sometimes that's a greater thing than the former. But there's faith, there's power, sorry, that can be accessed by faith and it's just waiting for you. It's just waiting for you. And so the issue is us, the issue is not God. The issue is with us, is not with God. It turns out I'm the block. I'm the block, you know. <laughs> and we need to also, we need people around us who build our faith. We need people around us. This story, you know, it starts with Jairus' daughter who's 12, who's unwell, who's very sick, she's dying, and he asked Jesus to come. It's very interesting because I was going to read the Scripture, but we were short on time. But what happens is that Jesus goes to the house and people say, oh, she's dead. You're too late. And he says, she's not dead. She's asleep. And, then, and they're like moaning, complaining and doubting. And what Jesus does is he says, hey, all of you need to stay outside. The only people who can come in are some disciples and the mum and the dad. He takes them into the room and he says to her daughter, get up. And she gets up and she's literally completely healed. And what's interesting is that even Jesus has to remove from himself voices that are lacking faith, critical voices. So you have them internally and you can have them externally from others. He has to limit that. Now, he doesn't reject those people. He loves those people. He's going to be preaching to those people. He wants to serve those people. Right? But he, he, in the moment where he needs to push through, he limits those voices and he tunes into the voices of faith. So he surrounds himself by people of faith. So interesting. Another example of this is when Jesus goes to his hometown. Jesus goes to his hometown and he starts preaching in the synagogue and people say, wow, this is profound. This is incredible teaching. And he starts to, starts to heal some people who are sick and miracles start to break out. And then someone goes, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. This, this, this is Jesus, the carpenter. This is Jesus, Mary's son. Hey, his sisters are over there and you all know his brothers. What the? And everyone's like, oh yeah. And literally the whole thing changes. And then Jesus says, or the Bible says Jesus left there. He could do no miracles. He could do no miracles in that. How interesting. He could do no miracles in that place. But actually what he needed to do was have around him people who were speaking faith into him. And so if you think you can do the Christian life alone, you're crazy. 
You crazy. If you think you can do the Christian life, you and God, you're mad. You've got to have people around you who can encourage you, speak into you, build you, strengthen you. Man, you need to be in church. You need to be in connect group. You need to be around people. They're going to sow this into you. Why? So that you might access the power that's available in God, that the only barrier to it is you and I. That we need to push through into that. So we've got to surround ourselves with great people. Come on. Why don't you stand? We're going to sing to God right now. Come on. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.